Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Hi, everybody. This week, we have Heidi Butters Stab all the way from Down Under, and she is going to talk to us today about what it's like being a queer Aussie scrapbooker and so many awesome things. Welcome. Thank you. You're a longtime listener. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to go through patches where I don't actually keep up, and then I have to have these massive catch-up <laughs> sessions. And, but yeah, I've, I've been listening since about six, eight weeks after you guys started. Yeah, sure. I remember you. It's so, so nice that you're on. Yeah. Yay! Heidi is one of my favorite scrappers because I think she has such an interesting awesome this is who i am voice and i'm not going to take any shit for it she's she's the garlic (laughs) from our plant episode (laughs) i love it (laughs) kind of i remember you saying in our plant episode for those who didn't listen that um growing garlic like they don't take shit from anyone they just grow right we were saying like we want to channel that energy of like garlic i love it (laughs) yay that is a fantastic (laughs) metaphor amanda yay i remember see Things we talk about do stay in my head. But and you know what? That's also really awesome because right now, if you are in Australia, it is a really good time to start planting garlic. Okay. I'll, I'll have to think <laughs> about that. I, I just... So... I just grew garlic last year for the first time and I put it in the ground during our Thanksgiving time. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way this stuff is going to grow. You take a tiny little clove of garlic and you stick it in the ground right before it's going to snow for six months. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it does. And it doesn't take any shit from anyone. And it says what it means. And it is beautiful. And it's just really awesome. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Heidi. <laughs> Being garlic. Being garlic. <laughs> I need um, to channel my garlic. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I want to tell you is the last couple of pages that you've made for your Awesome Ladies Daily pages have been <laughs> amazing. They have been, I've just been like, I've seen them on Instagram and I've just been, just, I don't know. They've just done it for me. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about them? Oh, absolutely. Um, So it's Pride Month in the US and in the UK. It's not really Pride out here, but it's starting to get a bigger thing commercially, which is a whole other thing that is really annoying, um, commercialization of Pride. But at the same time, we've had this thing going on where... Um, a whole lot of things that just intersect in my life, which is being queer and being Christian and um, being a human rights advocate and all of these things have just intersected with this uh, rugby football player who decided to say on Instagram that all gays were going to hell and because he'd done it three times against the social media policy of Rugby Australia, he got fired and now he's raising money to take that to court, except that he went against the contract conditions of GoFundMe, so GoFundMe kicked him off. And so basically I've been feeling like a really militant queer recently. <laughs> and so then the Ravelry thing happened. Yeah. Um, and so for those who don't know, Ravelry is a social media um, uh platform for fiber artists and so crocheting and knitting mostly but also weaving and things like that and they brought out a um, statement on Monday saying okay sorry Monday Australian time Sunday your time I guess this is one of the things about living in Australia you live in the future it's confusing um 
so they brought out a statement saying that they would no longer accept um, really pushing pro-Trump stuff. It's a really nuanced statement. I'm not getting it entirely right, but I can find the link for you, Amanda, so you can put that in okay, the show notes. Thank you. Um, and of course, they got a whole lot of flack for it. Uh, and then people started putting up I stand with Ravelry um, things on Instagram. Um, and I'd just gotten back to doing daily pages again and found these pictures of yarn in rainbow colors in my stash of bits and pieces for daily pages. And I was just like, oh, this is perfect. I, I'm being all very militant queer at the moment. And then there's Ravelry and I'm just doing this. And then yesterday I found these rainbow pencils and I've been going, you know, through a thing with my writing where I feel like I have no confidence at all. And so rainbow pencils, that works with that. And so, yeah, that, that's been where I'm going with daily pages at the moment. I was going to do mine before we started recording and didn't get around to it for today. So we'll see what happens with today's. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> It'll probably be something about finding your voice because I think that's where my head is right now. Yeah, that's the fun thing about daily pages is they kind of just lead you to where you need to be sometimes. Yeah. And they sometimes turn into a really good record of what's been going on in your life without even meaning to. Like I go back and as well as the fact that the gaps in it really, you know, say something about where my head's been um, when I just haven't been doing it. Um, yeah, just going back and seeing some of the themes and I do occasionally actually record what's going on specifically. Like I did one back in February, I think, when we were going to a concert that was really exciting for me. So my daily page was all about that concert. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great project and I really love it, even if I've just had three months of not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and like sometimes you fall off the routine wagon because so much of your life is consumed by other routines that you don't have mm -hmm. time for whatever routine that, you know, you don't yeah. have time for anymore. But when your life clears up of whatever routine was happening, you can pick up that routine right back and up again and just keep yep. going, you know, riding a bike. Yep. You can't ride a bike in the snow, so <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't have your cycling routine in, in mid-Michigan in the winter. So one of the other cool things that I love about you, and even though, not, I don't want to say like, even though you are from Australia, because that's not, like, it's not a, dis despite being from Australia. Not a caveat, yeah. Like, one of the other cool things about talking to you is, you have a American background. So yeah. you get a lot of the Americanisms and you can do this like, well, here's what this means in Australian and here's what this means in American. And like you do a lot of the- um, Translating. Exactly, the translating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about like your Americanisms and how this helps, you know, what, what have you been able to translate? Um, so my background is Minnesotan. Uh, my mother came from Minnesota, uh, moved out to Australia when she married dad. And, um, but we used to go back a lot. And I did grade one in Minnesota uh, because dad came back for grad school. Um, and so I've, yeah, I've got this thing where a lot of the times I don't know which language I'm using. I don't actually know whether I'm using Americanisms or Australianisms. <laughs> they're just me. Yeah. Uh, discovering that, and this is the thing, I don't know whether this is a Minnesotan thing or whether this is more generally Midwestern or American, but people out here have never heard the phrase kitty corner to mean diagonally opposite. And that was something that my, mo my grandmother used all the time, my mom used all the time, but I use it here and no one knows what I mean. Kitty corner uh, or catty corner? So those are uh, two different things. Oh. But yeah, see, Grandma always used kitty corner. I think it and is a more Minnesotan thing than, like, I think it might be a more northern Midwest thing than a yep. whole Midwestern <laughs> thing, but I love But yeah, so regional. because almost my entire experience of the U.S. is the Twin Cities and about an hour out of it, 
like, well, and across to Wisconsin for my godmother. But that's my experience of the US, is this tiny little bit of it. Um, I have no idea whether I'm using things that are, you know, specific to that region or more general. But yeah, in terms of what I've been able to translate for people, you know, trying to think of specific examples is kind of difficult, although I know I've got tons of them. Well, I know that I but... love like hearing, hearing you talk now. I can hear like ever slightly the Minnesotan accent just come out in certain words. And it just it makes me so happy. Like I love regional <laughs> dialects, like yeah. um, friend of the show, Megan Anderson. Uh, her and I get into tips every time because in like New Jersey, New York, where Amanda and I are from, we articulate our words. And so you, we say a lot of things, words differently, like yeah. Mary, Mary and Mary are three different words. Megan Anderson mm -hmm. says all of those three words the same. <laughs> and so I've always been very fascinated with like regional dialects in America mm -hmm. because America's a very different country in different places. And so Yeah. I love that like you have this little bit of American in you. Yeah. Uh and I mean I always say I've got I've kept the accent because I was stubborn. <laughs> I got taste for it at school and instead of getting rid of it like any sensible kid would do, I kept it. <laughs> yeah. Uh like I specifically retrained myself to say mom instead of mum because I just decided, no, I liked that yeah. <laughs> Are um, you a generally stubborn person? Probably. <laughs> you know, the whole militant queer thing, kind of, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now, I mean, look, anyone from, from the politically queer community who heard that would say, you're not right. militant for starters, you know, you're far too femme. But, you know... <laughs> This is my meaning of militant queer, which is more like, um, you know, getting up in church meetings and pointing out that, yes, there are queer people here. Stop ignoring us. There you go. Uh, which I have done a lot. Um, my, yeah, my queerness is very much also experienced through my Christianity. And uh, that gets interesting at times. Kind of how Tracy was saying, like when I asked her, like, to put feminist scrapbook nerd, what is the importance of the feminist part? It's that unapologetic. Like to say militant is almost unapologetic, like militantly, yeah. stubbornly unapologetic about it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. it. And I think especially when you're positioning yourself as Christian and as queer, you're not letting yourself lift either one of those feet. You're standing firmly mm. in the Christian pool and in the queer pool and saying, I am this and I am this. So therefore, yeah. you know, I am both of these things. You can't tell me I'm not. Mm. You can't. And I think I had good training with that being both I am Australian and I am American and you're not taking away <laughs> either of those things. Right. And that was my entire childhood yeah. was, was that. I mean, when I went to school in the U.S., for a year um apparently and i only heard this through my mother uh one of the teachers wanted to send me to speech therapy because i wasn't speaking properly and this was overheard in the staff room by someone who used to teach alongside my mother before she moved to the u.s to australia sorry and um they were like no, you, you know heidi's australian that's why she speaks differently <laughs> and they're just like really and so thank goodness for Dorothy Steeny, <laughs> who knew my mother and knew me, because that could have made a really interesting accent. So because oh, of man. course then I've moved, I moved back from a year in primary school in the US to a very remote school in terms of Victoria, um, seven hours from Melbourne, um, an hour away from the nearest reasonable sized town where the only place I'd ever heard an American accent was on television. So clearly I was not a real person. Um, so that was another fun experience. <laughs> um, and hence the stubbornness of keeping the accent forever because yeah, it had become such an issue. Yeah. So what was that like growing up? 
the accent or the no growing up. yeah growing up in such a rural that was only another year okay um, then we moved to where we are now um my dad is a forester and so was really involved with um in summers at least fighting fires on public land and when he was first in that job or at least when i was growing up they got moved every two years that was just part of how the job worked and so i went to four four different primary schools before i started grade four i think um and one of them was yeah this place that was seven hours away from melbourne on the edge of the desert um honestly it was a really good experience looking back but i wouldn't have said that at the time at the time i hated it um like i said the kids couldn't quite understand this this kid who talked differently from them um who probably kept talking about america because i'd just come back mm. from there um and but it was a really small school um my grade one two combined class had i think 10 kids wow. in it. um and because we were a rural like a really remote rural school we also we had our own swimming pool which was also the town swimming pool we had apple 2e com- 2e or was it the one before that we had computers people didn't have computers then and we had computers (laughs) Uh, but they were really early apples um but there was one classroom that had all the computers in it and you'd go and visit it you know um once a week and have your computer lesson Uh, then when i came here we were back on commodores with uh (laughs) tape deck so i'd been on apples for a year and then we went back to tape deck (laughs) commodores um and I know both you guys are a bit younger than me, so some of this is way out of your experience. You know, that's like getting back in like a Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But um, yeah, so there were good things and bad things about that. I've, the only time I've ever lived in either Sydney or Melbourne was for university and the three years after that when I was still being a lawyer. Um, and after that, I moved back to where I'd lived since I was nine because that's where my parents were and I've ended up staying here which was not the plan um but what that's 11 years ago now that I moved back here and still here and yeah so it was it was good growing up when did the scrapbooking weave through that was my question (laughs) all these things moving back and forth and all these people trying to tell you who you are and how you speak yeah you must have had stuff to scrap yeah so sort of primary school and into high school i had scrapbooks that were just newspaper articles cut out and kept i have the most thorough uh scrapbook of the barcelona olympics that you have ever seen i kept everything (laughs) um my sydney olympics one is not quite as good because there was too much stuff and I was not good at editing. And of course, because it was Sydney, everyone was going crazy. And yeah, so I have entire editions of the paper that are just wow. put there and I never got around to editing down. That's amazing. And so I was always doing that sort of collage and you know collecting and a little bit of documenting what's going on. Um, and then at some point in early university, I found a... Um, sort of a scrapbook kit for eight by 11, eight and a half by 11 and got an album and got papers. And then there was this cutouts of quotes and things. I've still got them. I, they're going to show up in my daily pages at some point because I want to use these up. How old are you? I've only around? had them for 20 years. When you, Sorry? How old are you around when you, when you like? So this was, uh, I would have been around 1920 okay. with this. So and so I've got an album that's occasional things, stuff from one of those first church meetings that I went to and stood up and went, excuse me, mm-hmm. except at that point it was, excuse me, other people are queer and because <laughs> <laughs> right. I hadn't worked that out about myself sure. yet. And I was just like, no, this isn't fair. We're excluding people and I'm not going to have it. 
kind of, you know, slams fist on desk. Um, and then I just sort of gave it up for a while. I was going into practicing law, not doing very well at it, um, all of that. And then in about 2013, I think, I discovered Project Life. Um, can't remember how. This was about the same time I think I discovered Kristen's website um, and currently cards. And it was all about, probably it was all about Pinterest. I'd gotten on Pinterest. And from Pinterest, mm -hmm. I discovered all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And got my first Project Life core kit and album and chose absolutely terribly for my first core kit. Um, <laughs> I got Fifth and Frolic, which is a bit too cutesy for me. <laughs> but that's what I had. I had to order it from a store in New Zealand, which has only just closed down and I'm devastated. Um, but they were basically the um, provider of Project Life in Australia and New Zealand at the time. Uh, and then, yeah, haven't haven't stopped since. In a way, um, that December, I decided on about December fifteenth to do December daily, uh, and backdated everything. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and now I just keep picking up projects and not finishing them because I pick up too many projects and have a far too high opinion of what I can get done. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about scrapbooking? I. I have very little artistic ability. Um, I want to be able to draw and I want to be able to use color well. And about the only way I can use color well is in either crochet or quilting. I don't know what it is. I just, I have no sense of artistic <laughs> ability. I just wish I did. But scrapbooking gives me something where I can do that. That's a lot quicker than quilting. <laughs> um, and, I've over the years slowly gotten over my, it should all be looking like some particular thing. Right. I've, I've gotten over that and very much into you do you. Um, I'm going to do what makes me enjoy what I'm doing. Um, my wife's actually been really helpful with that, telling me, you know, just, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just enjoy it. You enjoy scrapbooking, so do it. Mm. It, you know, it doesn't have to look like everyone else's on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that's, that's what I like. And I mean, I'm one of those people who, when I was in Sydney and working as a lawyer and I had a bad day and I just needed to calm myself down, I would go to the closest stationery store yeah. because yeah. wandering in amongst the aisles of stationery would calm me down. So I'm one of those paper people. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's very much that sort of thing. Good answer. We get it. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm the same. I am the same. It's like a weird niche group of people. <laughs> we are with our, our paper people. But I get how you could relate it to like fabric, right? Like well, yeah. the, we have fashion people that come on and relate it to fashion and patterns, like all different kind of crafters. Yeah. Like the planning with all the stickers and the colors. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Do you think that you've faced adversity being a queer woman in the scrapbooking world? I think it's mostly things that I put on myself. Um, I don't think it's overt. Um, but especially coming in through Project Life, which is a very conservative Christian and specifically Mormon um, group of people um, that can make me feel a little unwelcome whether they mean mm. it or not. Um, and I'm certain that in most cases it's not. Um, I think there, there. I was never on any of the forums or anything, um, and I was. I just sort of got into following a couple of Facebook groups, and so until Awesome Ladies Project came along, I really wasn't involved on the social side of things. Um, 
but I think it's an extension of how you just generally live your life as a queer person of where you're never sure if it's safe to come out. You're never sure of whether you're going to be welcomed until you take that step and say, oh, my white, you know, I'm, and that's one of my, my things that I know a lot of people prefer to use gender neutral terms in queer couples, whereas I'm, um, I, I talk about my wife all the time and I have since as the day we were married. Um, and for me, that's about visibility. Um, and it's the way that visibility works for me and it doesn't necessarily work in the same way for other people. Um, when we got married, we got married in New Zealand because we weren't able to get married in Australia yet. Uh, it took until December 2016 before uh, marriage equality became law in Australia. No, sorry, wrong. December 2017, we got married in July 2016. It was December 7, 2017, it's now 2019. Um, so, and- It's almost three year anniversary. Yeah, yeah it is. It's uh, the next week is our three year anniversary. Which is lovely. Happy anniversary a little early. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah, that it's the same thing with, with my name. I was, look, I've been a feminist since I was born. Like since the minute I was born, I think I have been a feminist. Um, and my mother tells me that I've made her more feminist than she was before because I've just been so definite about it. It's that stubbornness again. Um, Garlic. I was never go I was never going to change my name. I was. I am. My dad is the only male child in his family. I'm an only child, so there was never going to be another stab. And so I was never changing my name until it turns out that I kind of wanted to make a statement about the fact that we were married no matter what the government said. And so I got back from the wedding and changed the name that I used professionally immediately. It was just like, nope, I'm Butterstab now. Um, now, I haven't actually been able to change it legally. There are some quirks in the law in Australia where if you get married overseas, you can't change your name on marriage just like that, you have to go through changing your birth certificate. I'm not willing to do that. Um, I don't want to take my history away from myself, if that makes sense. Definitely. So, <laughs> you know, one of those people who has a legal name and a social name, but the social name is pretty, you know, much constant now. And I just have to keep reminding myself that no, legally, still just tidy stab. Um, Interesting. And that's that's gotten a long way away from Kristen's original question. But <laughs> what a great story! Yeah, great story. <laughs> and it's I I think Butterstab is like the cutest little like imagery for you too because you're the cutest and that's like fluffy butter. But stab is also like a very definite thing. So like when I picture it, it's just like a picture of this like stick of butter with a knife, and that's you. Like I'm sorry, I'm making all these crazy imageries, but. No, it's, it is this is the reason school. that we're not stabbed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's the cutest. It's the cutest, and it'll make people remember you anyway. Yeah, and look you up. But so then, my my Instagram name is yes. Shay Stutters, yeah. and this was because when we were talking about names, Michelle and I were, you know, she'd seen you know these portmanteau names where you smush the names together and get an entirely new name. <laughs> Um, I think this was probably around the time that the mayor of Los Angeles, I think, had done that when he got married. They just smooshed the name together to create a new one. And she wanted stutters. <laughs> and I refused. <laughs> but my compromise was I use it on um, on my Instagram. And I had a blog that, you know, never gets updated anymore. But that was Shea Stutters, which was about our cats and oh. um, the crafting I was doing. And I haven't updated that in ages. Who has? I'm like, it's on my <laughs> list, but ain't nobody got time for that. I love when someone has the best 
handle origin story it makes me so happy yeah. it's just like one of my things that makes me really happy no, it, and it makes me laugh that i was willing to go with that for um for social media but not for reality <laughs> yeah no that's that's that seems like a really good compromise and in, in my <laughs> professional opinion really good compromise good move. <laughs> power moves oh there, there is one thing i wanted to oh, say because yes. oh, i was yeah. listening to you guys um summertime episode yes. like the one for memorial yes. day which is not a holiday that we have here <laughs> um <laughs> so you're like what are they talking about <laughs> Well, well she knows know what that. Memorial Day is. This is the, this is the translation yeah. thing to back again. But one of the things that I find, well, first of all, the thing that I found from that episode was you guys were talking about how, you know, it's summer, you're getting all energized, you know, this is all this stuff that you can do. And I'm like, and I'm in the middle of a creative slump. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I'm like, and I'm in the middle of winter. <laughs> And whereas you guys get December daily in the middle of winter to get you back into things and have a specific, you know, a specific project that's there and you can go, okay, I may be in a slump. It may be related to winter, but here's December daily. Like, nope, December daily is in the middle of summer. (laughs) Which might be why I actually do it every year. Right. Because I'm energized and, you know, and that, although I still haven't finished last year's. I just found that really interesting in terms of the difference of seasons and how that affects how we're feeling about things. We've just had the, you know, the shortest day of the year and all of that. It's, you know, I've been trying the rest of this year to get up early, but it's not even getting light until about seven here. So there's no way I'm getting up before 630. Um, but that also means I don't get, you know, daily pages done before I go to work because there's no way I'm getting up before 6.30, stuff like that. And the, just that difference in how the seasons work and then how that runs into what, like the actual products that are put out, the products that are seasonal don't fit for us. Yeah. Easter stuff is all spring. It's not spring. It's autumn here. Interesting. There's no point in getting kits that are very seasonal focused and stuff from the US, even if you could afford the postage, which is another thing entirely, because you have to wait six months until it's the right time of year to use them. And like mix and match your December with... Yeah. With... Uh, you, you either do a December thing that's all winter when it's 40 degrees out, 40 degrees Celsius out, and or you, which I generally just go, look, I like the wintry stuff. I've had enough winter Christmases that Christmas still means yeah. winter to me, and I'm still somewhat disappointed when I come <laughs> out of church on Christmas Eve and it's not snowing um, because that was just the most magical thing when I was a kid. Yeah, it's snow on Christmas Eve. Brilliant. But yeah, it's it's a real thing that like they've been doing monthly kits in the Project Life app um, and they never work. And I don't bother buying them because they're so seasonal focused. They're focused on holidays that we don't have. And that's not a I've, that's not a criticism of the people putting it together because their market is American and North, you know, North America, the continent and a bit of Europe. Their Their market is not us strange people in the southern hemisphere because we're too small right which is why we're getting fewer and fewer supplies anyway and that's getting harder and harder and i'm and i'm going to digital because that's the only way i can really do it anymore but um yeah the the thing about the seasons i really wanted to chat about a bit because it's it was such a mind-blowing thing for me when i was listening to you talking about energy and coming into summer and i was just sitting there going that it's I haven't got any of that. the opposite. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, oh, that's right. It's winter here. Yeah, we call it winter hell for a reason. Like, you know, it just is like <laughs> everything is sh- shorter and darker and colder. And I know. And it, it yeah. has to affect your mood. It has to. It has to. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, the- I mean, it does for us. Yeah. And then instead of having that lovely pick me up of Christmas in the middle of it, we just don't have anything. We just, 
we go through winter yeah. and then we get to summer and then we get Christmas. Yeah. And what's interesting too, is you said before about the seasons, like that you feel like in the winter you're in a slump and then the summer you like get this burst of energy because, you know, but I, I've been in slumps in both seasons and I, what I document when I'm not yeah. in a slump in both seasons is so different. Like in the winter with mm-hmm. December daily, I tend to be so like reflective and story based. And then that we've talked about this too. Like it's partly because you don't have as many pictures or as many good pictures. So you kind of have to supplement with like all that introspection. But do you have a lot of good pictures in December or for December daily? Because it's like a lot more sun and. Yeah, warm? probably. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm really bad at taking photos. I um I I do think one of the reasons that I went into a slump just after May was that first of all we'd had a holiday we where we went away for a week and I was taking lots of photos because I had an idea for how to document that and then I had a week in the life and I was so photographed out at the end of a week mm-hmm. in the life that I just have so few photos for the rest of May yeah um, I haven't done I mean I'm in the process of catching up with my project life. For, which I'm just doing this year. I'm my project life is in a six by eight album, um, with a six by four spot for the the date card, and then the other six spots are just three by fours. And then I'm using the collect app to make little like Polaroid things with a little bit of journaling on each one and the date, and that's it. It's really really simple, um, and I'm still not keeping up with it. but I'm I'm slowly catching up but for a lot of those weeks I don't actually have you know more than two photos because I was so done at the end of week in the life with taking photos that I just went up photoed out (laughs) so I don't know what I'll do with those weeks so um, I totally get that yeah I haven't worked that out yet but yeah I see I think with December daily for me it's a lot about um okay the other the cultural difference with christmas in australia versus the us is that because it's the end of the year everything is going on it's and we don't have to the same extent the issue about whether you call it a christmas party or not um and you know stuff like that it's just christmas the Christian celebration of Christmas is very much pushed to one side and it's a much more secular celebration of Christmas. And so you've got all, there are some schools that aren't having Christmas parties anymore, which I have no problem with that. Some people have massive problems with that. And, you know, we know where they're getting their talking points from. Um, And, but the, I see so many arguments online about you can't have, you know, Christmas must be considered Christian. And it's just not here. It is considered as secular as secular. I mean, you have Santa Claus turning up to school Christmas carol concerts on the back of the local fire truck. That's just a thing, Um, at least in rural towns. And carols by candlelight is a huge thing. Every small town will have their carols by candlelight. Plus there's two different ones on the television, one from Sydney and one from Melbourne. Um, This is because you can sit outside in (laughs) the warm air with your fake candle because you can't have a real candle because fire danger. Um, (laughs) 10 o'clock at night and be perfectly comfortable. (laughs) So carols by candlelight, big thing. Um, And I've forgotten where I was going with that. Yeah, no, you cannot anyway. do that here. You cannot do anything no. at 10 o'clock at night on <laughs> and Christmas Eve. And Santa has I mean, to have a different outfit because how's he doing that in 110? Oh, no, Stan's is still the same, oh. in the same outfit because, you know, Australia is British through and through sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, and, you know, there's still... My family never did the big roast meal on Christmas Day except when we were in the U.S., um, but yeah, a lot of families will still do roasts, um, despite the heat. I don't understand that, but that's their <laughs> tradition. <laughs> um, seasons, man. I feel like I've gotten really off track Time there. zones, man. No, we love this stuff. 
there is no off track when it comes to like finding out super interesting things. That's exactly what we're here for. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I well, I think that's so interesting finding out about like how we do things both differently and then exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the answer is going to be like both yes and no. Is Christmas as commercialized? Yes. Is it because we made it that way? Some people would argue that. They are the people who tend to argue that everything America does is evil and, um, you know, getting in our way. And I have no time for that, not surprisingly, but that's been one of those things that's come through my life. <laughs> um, I think it's commercialized because we live in a capitalist society. Um, <laughs> honestly. Um, Capitalism you know, has its get... way of weaving in anywhere it can get yep. its its weeds and tendrils into yep. yep i mean you'll get because the other thing is we don't have the demarcation of holidays that you guys get with thanksgiving and halloween uh, halloween is starting to be a thing here but thanksgiving isn't um i mean we my family does thanksgiving dinner every year um we introduce our friends to such delicacies as Minnesotan style jello pudding, uh, jello salad. Um, yeah, I love it. I I love the looks on people's faces and they just can't quite cope. It's it's fantastic. Um but yeah, so because you don't have that, you don't, you know, you don't start decorating for Christmas until Thanksgiving or, you know, you do Black Friday sales and then you get into Christmas, that sort of stuff. Although Black Friday becoming a thing here. Um which then brings out the, why are we importing an American thing? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I know. I'm kind of with you on that, but sales. How can um, we just like export it to everybody else instead? Like get rid of it. Let's, <laughs> let's export all Black Friday. You guys can have, ev everyone else can have Black Friday. We don't want it anymore. Um, so yeah, you start getting, I would like there to be an unspoken rule that you don't start doing Christmas decorations until Melbourne Cup. Melbourne Cup is the public holiday that Victoria gets for a horse race. <laughs> uh, it's more. also always the first Tuesday in November. Okay. That's still early so, to me. That's, that's totally fair. Yeah. So this is my whole thing. Oh, is so can it's we a, wait it's until election day Cup? here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the number of times I've been asked why America has its elections on Melbourne Cup Day. Um, yeah. Luckily, I respond with an explanation of how there had to be time for you to get on your horse and you couldn't ride on Sundays, and that's why it's the... And you couldn't be on the second because that's the day after All Saints Day, and there's this whole actual reason for why it's the second or the first Tuesday in November, and I will tell people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the... I think it's... The other thing is, of course, we start getting Christmas stuff in the craft stores around now. But that I can understand because you need time to do yeah. your Christmas crafts. You do. And, pre and prep for them. Exactly. So I think that I would like to ask you about growth and the ways mm -hmm. that you have experienced growth either currently in your life, throughout your life. Is there a moment that comes up that you'd like to talk about? Mm. See, I think when I was getting ready for this interview, those were the questions that I found the hardest to come up with. And I was yeah. like, but this is the whole point of the season. <laughs> I need to have something to talk about here. Um, I guess the main one is, and I don't know how I did it, but just growing into the confidence to just be out and not care. I talked a bit before about how you never know whether it's a safe place to come out and you, you kind of have to gauge things. And I've just gotten past that. I mean, I remember the point at which I got past that in church 
circumstances. Like I remember the moment when I was just like, no, I am not staying closeted any longer. I am just going to be who I am and say, look, when you talk about gay people, you're talking about me. And if that doesn't change your mind, then that doesn't change your mind and whatever, but you are not going to pretend that I'm not here. Um, and then I got to the same point more publicly, like outside of church things. And when I talk about church meetings, I'm for my denomination, which is the Uniting Church in Australia, which is a combination of Methodist, Presbyterian and Congregationalist who came together in 1977 in Australia. Um, I was on like national committees for a while. Um, so when I talk about talking in church meetings, these are meetings of 200 people um, that get together once every three years. It's, <laughs> these were big things. Yeah, like huge, important meetings. But yeah, so outside of that, I think I don't know quite as easily when I just decided that, no, this was something I wasn't going to put up with anymore. People were just going to have to accept me or, you know, go away. Um, but I certainly got to that point well before the um, the uh, marriage equality survey that they put us all through in 2017. Right. Well, um, well, saying earlier that you came out the womb as a feminist is very yes. different than like my experience. I feel like I've I'm a feminist, like I'm a female and I love my own, right? And I feel like we should have the same regular. But like, it took me a long time to get there. Like, I didn't realize what, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like just that statement yeah. that you made alone makes it feel like you've been on this path of like, knowing unapologetically, like what, like, yeah. like just being unapologetic from the start, I guess. Yeah. I've been very apologetic. <laughs> You know, I've been trying to unlearn that. So that's my growth journey. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's a good one. Yeah. I think that like having that one clear moment is really important for us in our growth journeys. And especially when it comes for us in this place where we have resistance and like you're talking about these are huge meetings that have consequence not only for you as an individual but for millions of people who can't stand up for themselves mm. millions of people who didn't have i imagine supportive parents mm. millions of people who didn't know who they were yet who didn't know who they are didn't have a you know, didn't come out of the womb as a feminist. Uh, <laughs> and still wanted to be members of the church, and who always are members of the church, who had that, you know, one foot standing in Christianity, and that other foot didn't really, whether, you know, whether they were queer, whether they are queer, whether they didn't know it nor knew it, mm. needed someone to stand up in those meetings and say, listen, I'm here. Whether you like it, you care, you don't care, I'm here. And like, that's a huge moment. And having that is, it's so big. It's, it's just really awesome. And then, like you said before, and then earlier too, you, you don't know if it's safe with other people, like in other spaces, especially, I don't want, I don't even want to say like, especially now. But like here in America, I, I think from from what I, I can tell, it, it is especially now in the U.S. We're we're not there yet, thank goodness. But we're heading that way. Um, yeah, the we've somehow gotten to a point where a lot of hate has been normalized, and that's scary. It's gotten like shit has gotten weird here. In, 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 a, in a very divisive way. Yeah. In that, like, safe spaces exist and in a lot of ways have, you know, progress has been made, of course, in so many places mm. and in so many ways. And, you know, 
it gets better for so many people. But, like you said earlier, it's not always safe. And it's not always easy or possible for people to come out and say, hey, I'm bisexual. Hey, I'm a queer person. Hey, this is my wife. Hey, you know, come meet my partner. Yeah. And, like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we can go into all the things it makes us feel, but, like, first off, it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, hate, ignorance, bigotry, especially when it comes from the head of the United States, it just sucks. It, like, plain old sucks. Aziz Ansari did, like, a bit right after Trump got elected. Like, something like when all of the racists, like, started coming out, the haters, like, the real, legit, like, racist, homophobic people came out and were, like, protesting or whatever. And Aziz Ansari's like, no, go back to pretending. Like, you're not racist. Like, I don't know. Like, why did people just feel like all of a sudden they were able to declare how racist they are and not have to, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so confused. But he, that's what he said. He's like, all of a sudden, all these people came out and, and they said that they, like, they didn't have to. They didn't have to hide anymore. Yeah. It, I don't know. Because when the Someone leader of power, the United right, States normalizes right, it, right. they mm-hmm. think it's okay. Right. I know. It's so scary. <laughs> it's so it is. Scary. It's scary. And it's just talking about it is good. Yeah. Talking about the normalization of hate helps to keep it not normal but and on that note good growth answer <laughs> Heidi let's talk about what you're currently doing yeah our, okay our currently round based off Kristen's currently cards you can get it are you Kristen.com slash currently everybody and you I love how you mentioned it and like oh I started scrapbooking project life and Kristen's currently card so this is something you're familiar yeah. with <laughs> seriously it was like one of the first things I love it so you ready for the round Yep. Here we go. So what are you currently watching? Um, we've just started watching Good Omens. Um, I had to put it off for a bit because I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to watch a whole thing about, you know, angels and devils yeah. and stuff. But we watched the first episode last week and hopefully we'll get to the next episode tonight. And thumb up, thumb down. I like it so far. I mean, it's David Tennant. What's not to like? Yeah. And Michael Sheen, who is great. Um, yeah. It's very like it's, it's it's fantasy, fantastical, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing is it's about the apocalypse and um, oh, and it's got um, Nick Offerman as the U.S. ambassador, <laughs> which is just brilliant. Except he shaved his mustache off for it. It doesn't look like Nick Offerman <laughs> at all. It's just wrong. He looks really <laughs> weird when he doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but he still sounds right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> What are you currently reading? Um, I'm finally getting around to the first volume of Alison Weir's Six Tudor Queens, which is her six book fictional. Um, so this is her novelization of the the Six Wives of Henry VIII. Um, she's already she's written the first four and they've been published, but I've just been really slow at getting around to them. So I'm I'm reading the Captain of Aragon volume at the moment. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I mean, she's a fantastic historian. She's written so many popular history books about the Tudor period and actually most of, like, I mean, she's done a biography of Eleanor of Aquitaine. She's done a biography of um, one of the Isabellas. Um, Yeah, she's a great historian, and she's now putting that into um, historical fiction. And her first couple attempts, I didn't like so much, but I think she's she's slowly getting to more where I enjoy what she's doing in her fiction. The Henry the Eighth women are like oh, I could go on about them. For I, hours. They're just so like, I mean, he's a mm, but like they're yeah. so, like they're yeah yeah like the definition of fierce. Seriously, I, I mean, just he was a talk about complete asses right as heads of state like just oh my god i'm almost surprised that like 
I mean, if England wasn't like England, they never would have made it out of Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being England, England. Hot take. Hot take, guys. <laughs> So funny. I love it. What are you currently listening to, Heidi? Well, you know how I said I go through patches of not listening to podcasts and then have to do massive catch-ups? I am currently doing a massive (laughs) year-long catch-up on a podcast called Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. It's the... So it's basically going through all the X-Men comics. Oh, my God. Which I don't read but I love listening to them explain them. I know that I've watched the movies, except not the most recent one because, <laughs> um, and, but I really enjoy this podcast. Um, Jay is a trans man who brings that specific, you know, view to something. Um, and it's, it's really great. I really love it. But I did a big catch up about a year ago um, when I had a road trip for work and then I hadn't listened to it since. And so now I've got like a year to catch up on and they come out weekly. <laughs> so 52 episodes. I think I've made it. I think I've made it to, I think I'm in late October <laughs> of last year because they're, they're, you know, doing a get out the vote thing at the beginning of every episode and saying, it's really important to vote. And I'm like, yes, I know this, but this happened last October. <laughs> So, That's what happens when you yeah. backlog up, you know, backlog and go back. It is. It's totally. <laughs> but totally. Um, that sounds up my alley. Mildly successful. <laughs> it's it's a great podcast. There there are over two hundred episodes at this point. They're into the nineteen nineties <laughs> with the comics, okay. um, and yeah, it's it's a great one. I used to love the television show. I have like an album this big. Of, like, cards. Like, I used to go through phases of, like, superhero stuff. X-Men was in there somewhere. Fourth grade or yeah. fourth grade realm. I knew all. I used to pick them out and, like, read the backs. I would probably yeah. love that podcast. Good share. Why couldn't they give Sansa a better movie? Why couldn't they make this, uh, what was it? Dark Storm? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Oh, my God. Storm's a different one. Dark yeah. Phoenix. Why couldn't they make Dark Phoenix a better movie for her? I don't know. It's like really disappointing. Why can't they make the girl movies? Like, why can't they? Why can't they just hire? Why can't they all be Captain Marvel? <laughs> Captain Marvel was brilliant. It, it's like, why can't you just hire good people to write and direct <laughs> female superhero movies, female yeah. action movies, instead yeah. of making them budget films? Yeah, it's not and all then... just about boobs and butt in the costume, but... right? <laughs> well, it's it's. It's like when they make movies, I don't want to say for women, but when they make movies that star women, they just put less money into them. And Mm -hmm. then people are surprised when they're not good, which is exactly the opposite of what they did with Captain Marvel. And look what happened. Yeah. And Wonder Woman, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, And then I, I do think. I was going to say, look, they, they immediately put, like, an insane amount of money into Wonder Woman 2, and it's going to make, so, like, not to be capitalist about it, but that's what they want. Yeah. They, quote, unquote, they, you know, the evil overlords yeah. of movie entertainment. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> look, I have, at this point, two different Captain Marvel handbags, partially because I justify it to myself by saying, we have to buy the merch or they won't make any more <laughs> merch. It's, it's not, you're not wrong. But so, also, I totally get it. There's this company called Loungefly. I don't know if you've heard of them. They do the best geeky handbags. Really? And, oh, yeah. They're an American company. It'll be way easier for you guys to get it than for us. But they do the most gorgeous stuff. Disney, Harry Potter. Um, there are these back, little tiny backpacks that are basically useless, but they're cute. <laughs> um, at the moment, in each house uniform. Um, from Harry Potter, so you can get like your Ravenclaw backpack. It's just, yeah. I will send you the link. Yes, you yes, must. Please. And I will put it in. <laughs> so fun. We are getting so many interesting gems from you. It's like unbelievable. You are such like a good like little, and yeah. here's, yeah. Like, oh my God, so fun. Such a good person to talk <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. What are you currently making? 
Uh, I am trying to catch up on a project that I started last year before I have to start the next one. I, um, somewhere near the end of last year's Tour de France, I decided to do um, a six by eight project at life app layout for each stage of the Tour de France, except then I didn't finish them. And the Tour de France starts on the 6th of July and I want to get last year's done before this year's starts. So that, that plus my project life catch up from the last six weeks is what I'm currently making. And hopefully I will go and print out a whole bunch of photos later today. That sounds wonderful. What are you currently feeling? Hmm. Well, I'm feeling really energized from this conversation because it has been fabulous. I agree. I've, I've really enjoyed this. Good. It has been fabulous. So energized. Good. And, and yeah. it's, it's the daytime by you. <laughs> yeah, it's my, yeah, for me, it's 1030 in the morning. Nice. Put all your energy from the day. And, and I haven't just finished teaching a year of school. Yeah. So we She has not <laughs> finished teaching like, one year of school. This, and this conversation has energized me as well, but it's a very different experience when it's day and then, you know. But so, like, me and Kristen are, like, your cup of, of coffee today. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What are you currently planning? Um, uh, one of the other... Um, scrapbookers from this sort of vague area. She's about two hours away. Uh, Kelly Winnell does 31 minutes for 31 days. And that's coming up beginning of July. So I'm planning what I'm going to do for that, which is mostly just spending 31 minutes a day on some form of crafting um, because I've got all these projects to finish up. Um, the Tour de France one I was talking about and a bunch of others. So that is what I am planning. And depending on the craft, 31 minutes could be a lot of time or like not enough. But it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like sit and-, and yeah, and I mean, there's as well as the tour. There's Wimbledon coming up, so that's a lot of crochet time for me. Um, of course, the problem is all these things are in the middle of the night for us. Uh, so um, you know, Tour de France stages tend to come on the TV at about eleven thirty at night and go until two in the morning. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, half past midnight is about my limit now. I'm old. Um, but there's still that's some quality crochet time. Sure. So. Fun. And then DVR. So yeah. And then I record it and I watch it when I get home <laughs> yeah. from work the next day. Yeah. And drive Michelle nuts because she doesn't quite get the cycling. She knows I love it, <laughs> but mostly it's like, really? But I'm the same with her AFL. So yeah. I'll go to the Australian football games occasionally and understand when she's and watching like, it. And, and then she looks back at you yeah. and you're just like, Thumbs up to her. Yeah, I, I love I that you guys have different sports. I crochet to AFL games, and she laughs at me. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like every couple has their thing where the other one's just like, "Yeah, go you! I'll be over here supporting yep. you." Yeah, I love it. I love it. So cute. Okay, and lastly, what are you currently loving? So I, I should have put in the bio that I sent you um, that I'm a total geek as well, because just in case you didn't pick that up from, you know, the X-Men comics and various <laughs> other things, I've been playing Wizards Unite, which is the new Harry Potter Pokemon Go version. It came out in Australia for beta before you guys got it. So we've had it for about six weeks or so. And I'm enjoying it so much more than Pokemon Go. And I liked Pokemon Go, but um, this one I'm really loving because it's just an iPhone game where you, you know, you walk around and you catch fragments of things that have been scattered around the universe. And yeah, it's it's great fun. And it's it's in the Potterverse, which is fun. And it's also so much more diverse than um, than the movies. I just really noticed that they're making sure that there's a diversity in terms of the racial diversity of the cast. It's fantastic. Um, wherever they can put in random characters that aren't specifically from the books, they're making sure they're non-white. It's fantastic. So I am definitely loving that. I just wish that there were a few more fortresses closer to my work because <laughs> at the moment there's daily tasks and you have to go and fight a withering challenge at the fortress and there are no fortresses near work. So that's a little annoying. 
I just downloaded it two days ago, and I'm just learning how to figure it out. So I'm really excited that you love it. So I'm going to yeah. play more with it. I, I will send you my friend code. We can okay. be friends. Yes. Yay. <laughs> what a fun show. Heidi. Yeah, this has been so much fun, Heidi. You have been amazing. I'm really excited oh, to thanks. share this with everybody. Um, guys, this has been awesome. We are going to be back next week with another amazing guest. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show on Patreon, we have made it so much easier for you. You can just head over to patreon.com slash crafty ass female. And it is now just $5 a month to support the show. And you get access to absolutely everything in our library of resources and new bonus features every week. You just get the after chatter show both on audio and video. So if you like to listen to it on your device it'll just pop up on your device with a little rss feed and if you want to watch the after chatter show you get to watch us you get to see heidi's awesome little studio behind her with all of her books and her cute photos and then you get access to oh my god amanda it's literally 80 videos i know it's- no it's 60 videos because right what number the first few what, are- what number are we on now 80 like 85 it's cuckoo crazy yeah, yeah. we are on- <laughs> we have so many shows and then we started the after chatter videos on like 18. So it's like an insane amount of videos so that you get for math. $5 do a month. Math. <laughs> and then you get access to bonus monthly video calls with us. And they're just so much fun. So $5 a month. Support the show. If you love us, come. And it's just, it makes everything so much easier. And we love you. So thank you to Heidi for an amazing show. We had so much fun talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're going to go and have another fantastic 15 minutes of bonus chat over on the After Chatter show. So if you guys want to support the show and come listen to the next 15 minutes of what will definitely be more awesome bonus chatter, come to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale and watch the bonus chat. And otherwise, we will catch you next week. Have an amazing summer or winter if you are down under. We love everybody, and we will catch you next week. Bye, guys.